Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth-generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation, so sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stitch Please podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. Today's episode is a rewind episode. This means that we are going to rewind back to last year of 2019 and the special Christmas Kiki episode that I did with my family during that time. I really enjoyed the episode. I really loved sitting down and talking with my mother and my two sisters and reminiscing about the sewing my mother would do for us and the Christmas creativity. And it's also an opportunity to create an archive about one's family. And so one thing I wanted to recommend as we move through this holiday season, which is going to be very different, of course, because of the time in which we live now, 2020, and so much has changed, including for many people not having in-person holidays. We are not going to be traveling for Christmas this year. This will be I think maybe the first time that it's just been my husband, myself, and my children. We usually travel or people come and travel to us, and we aren't able to do that because we are choosing to follow guidelines of social distancing and and limiting travel in order to prevent the spread of COVID. One of the things I wanted to suggest is before I get into this episode, just a few things. One... Record your older relatives. If you have older relatives, talk to them. Do oral histories. You would be amazed at what you could learn by talking to your parents and grandparents and great-grandparents. Ask them about what things were like for them when they went to school. Ask about the things they used to do to have fun. You will be very surprised. I was very surprised when I talked with my grandmother about growing up the way that she did in a rural community with little access to resources. So she was talking about these remedies that they would use with certain plants and this kind of thing because they didn't have access to doctors or medicine. So these are the kind of things that you don't ever learn unless you ask. And I just would like to offer this as a suggestion for those folks who have the opportunity to talk to our elders and gather that kind of information so that we can help to complete our family stories and pass those on. You'll notice that the audio quality is different than what I've been able to develop now for the podcast. So I enjoy listening to these episodes, even if they're not the highest audio quality, because I was just starting and it just helps me to see how far I've come. So that also feels really nice. The Stitch Please podcast will be back next week with an episode with Jen Hewitt, printmaker, fiber artist, surface designer, a woman of so many artistic gifts that she shares with us in the podcast next week. So um, be sure to tune in to this great episode with Jen Hewitt. And if you are a Patreon subscriber, you will be given access to the video version of our conversation. So that's another exciting benefit we have for Patreon subscribers. But for now, without further ado, here is the Christmas Kiki episode with Lisa, 
Sybil Stephanie and my mother, Ianthea Woolfork, recorded in 2019. Thank you so much for listening, and I wish you happy holidays. That means it is Christmas, so I wish a Merry Christmas to those who celebrate, and for those who don't, happy holidays or just happy days. Um, this is a special episode of the Stitch Please podcast, and it's an opportunity that I had to sit down and get on a call with my mother, my middle sister, and my youngest sister. So these are the girls that I grew up with, my and my mother, of course, and just a chance to have these reminiscences about Christmas, about the, the sewing that my mother did is really a special time. So this episode is that conversation and um, I, we recorded it a few weeks ago and I thought it would be a perfect thing to show or to play for uh, Christmas as hopefully you all are enjoying time with family um, or just enjoying your regular sewing day or any day that is. I do wish everyone happy holidays and And here is my family, my chat with my mother and my sisters. Thanks. All right. Good morning, everybody. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. We are here today on Jan... Oh my gosh, it's Christmas. I'm exhausted. It is December 25th, 2019, and we have a very special episode here today at Black Women's Stitch. I am talking with my family, my mother and my two younger sisters, and we are joined here today to just talk about some Christmas creativity and some Christmas memories. I'm really fortunate to be from a family of wonderful, wonderful women and to grow up with these girls and to just help to know myself through knowing them. And so I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast today, my mother, Ianthea Woolfork. Mama, say hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Greetings. And, Merry Christmas. <laughs> and my, <laughs> it's cackling. And my, I'm the oldest of three girls. Middle sister is Sybil. Say hi, Sybil. Hi. Good morning. And then my youngest sister, Stephanie. Hello. So we are we are coming together to just talk a little bit about some Christmas memories. And as you all are getting ready for those who celebrate Christmas, who are getting ready for the holiday, this episode releases, we know, on, at 7 o'clock in the morning. And who knows, y'all might be up if you have little ones. You are up early in the morning. And some of my fondest memories are getting up early on Christmas morning when I was little and just seeing the splendid array of all the just toys and magic and magnificence of of Christmas. And that's one of the great wonders, I think, of the holiday. And so, Mama, do you can you talk a little bit about anything you remember from us from early Christmases, some of the sense of surprise and wonder that you might remember from that time from us? I know that you all would get up very early in the morning. It didn't matter. Like I would try to be real, real quiet and keep the house still. And you still would get up at the crack of dawn. I think everybody must, I don't know who got up first, but everybody would be up and on the floor at 5.30 in the morning. 5.30 5.30 was good. Sometimes it would be 4.30. And you're telling them, nope, you need to go back to bed. Santa hasn't come yet. And that's so that we could sleep in just a little bit longer. Because we had been up the night before getting everything together. What do you mean? Putting, making, making sure all the toys were where they're supposed to be. 
and we had picked up things from different houses that we had dropped them off because I couldn't leave it in the house because you guys would just plunder and go through and look for everything. What? And then, so, oh, yeah. You guys I think that was probably Sybil. And I agree. Lisa. That sounds like Sybil. That sounds like something yeah. Stephanie would do for sure. Uh-uh. Yeah, so I would I would have to go if I had anything. I would I would go and pick them up, and then sometimes I would leave them in the trunk of the car until you guys would go to sleep. Well, you'd go to bed really, really early. Didn't go to sleep necessarily, but you'd be trying to go to sleep. So that's what I can remember. But First of all, all, I thought fun. I thought Black Santa bought all that stuff, so I'm really shocked. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Voila. <laughs> oh, I remember y'all. Do y'all remember we grew up? Everyone we grew up in South Florida in West Palm Beach, and so the, the some of the kind of traditional Christmas stuff that people have about snow and fireplaces and stuff didn't apply to us because we didn't have any snow and we didn't have a fireplace. And so we did have the weather service would do a Santa tracker. Do you remember that? And they would have, they would say that Santa, it was the same system they used to track hurricanes. Remember? (laughs) And 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 the weather people would come on and say, Santa is now heading this way from the Bahamas toward us. And it just occurred to me now 30. That that was actually the same like system that they used to tell us how close a hurricane was. Hurricane was I didn't even knew that. I just learned that then. Huh. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yep, they sure did. They had that tracker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you would see it and they would show like on the TV, it would show like they would have this little star or this little they'd have the sled going across. I don't know, and where he started from and then where he is now and you know, how close he is and and how it was time to it was time to go to time to go to bed because he was heading this way, heading in, pulling in from the east, heading up the coast. I was like, Oh, okay, I guess it's time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wanted to add one of the things that I was thinking about since we had been talking this month about different, like I did a holiday, I did a, I did a holiday gift guide a few weeks ago and was talking with someone else about Christmas crafts in general. But one of the things I most remember about Christmas sewing from mama um, was when she made us that she made us this, this trunk that was a doll. And imagine everyone, I'm trying to describe it now. It was a trunk, like a, imagine a large rectangle with a handle at the top, I believe, and latches on the side and you unlatched it and it opened like a book. And on one side, the doll stood there. And on the other side was a trunk was, had these little hangers and these clothes that were hanging on the hangers. And I don't know if they had a drawer at the bottom for little socks and shoes. I'm not sure. But one of the things I remember, I vividly remember that. Do y'all remember that? Sybil, do you remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah, I love yeah. that. That's one of my fondest memories of Christmas is just thinking about that box and just how amazed we were when we opened it and what was inside. It was just, and then there were three of them. There was always three of everything. It was, yeah, like amazing. I would sew on doll clothes when you all went to bed. (laughs) And so you never really saw them until I got them in the trunk. And then I made, I did the same thing for Diana next door. I made her a trunk with the doll clothes because it was hard to find doll clothes. And especially like for 
the dolls that we had. You could find some stuff maybe for Barbies or something like that, or that type doll. But they were very, very expensive. And every now and then you might find a dress or something for the, the dolls that I would buy. I started making them. And I would make like the same outfits. And it was just, I can remember, it took a lot of time to make the doll clothes. It was easier to make a dress for the kids than it was for the dolls. Because it was they were much smaller and more intricate details just trying to get it all together. But it was fun, too. It was fun. But visually, it was really appealing. The way she had, remember how she had them all standing up and all in order, and everybody had their own little stuff. And it just looked, once you opened everything up, you're like, wow, all this stuff matches. This took a lot of time. And at the time, I didn't realize how much detail and how much work was involved. You always think your parents can do everything pretty fast, and it doesn't, you don't think about how much sacrifice it takes. Well, and the thing I think, first of all, I never realized you made them for Dinah, who was actually significantly older than us, and at that point, probably a teenager, a young adult. So that's. I too am now learning of this news and slightly jealous. What does that say about my personality? (laughs) But no, I think it's just beautiful that Dinah was an only child and she didn't probably have, she, I know Miss Wallace didn't. So she would do that for Dinah. So she'd have a surprise too. That's really beautiful. And she probably appreciated it more than we, we did because she was older. Whereas we yeah. would play for a while and then we go do something else. But what I remember the most is just, and I realize about myself now, like I love the spectacle of merchandising. And that's one of the reasons because mm-hmm. mom would always make things very beautiful and she would make them, it would be organized and it was just, the attention to detail was always there. And and as an adult, that's who I am. I'm in marketing and I really love the attention to detail when things come together beautifully. And that's because of mama. And, it, and that's the way she merchandised those dolls. Yeah. That's but I true. enjoyed doing it. It was just fun. And I could stay up and stay awake until I, would, I didn't start sewing on that kind of stuff until everybody had gone to bed and they were really asleep. And so once you guys would go to sleep, then I would sew until maybe about one o'clock in the morning. And then I'd put everything away, everything, so that you couldn't see any of the stuff that I was working on. Not that you particularly, I don't know, you always, I didn't want you to find anything until I got it all together. So would Nana ever help you since she was such a great Nana as well? Nana would make, Nana would make different things. Like she didn't sew on that particular project. But she would make sure that you all had special little dresses to wear or things like that. Or she would find like a like a teddy bear and make uh, an outfit for a teddy bear and give you all or aprons. And she did that kind of stuff. My mother is talking here about her mother, my grandmother, Edna Walker. We called her Nana. Nana was born in 1913, which is the same year that Harriet Tubman died. Nana passed away in 2018 at the age of 104. And she was an amazing sewist. She could sew without patterns. She could look at a picture of something and make it. She was a wonderful woman, and we do really miss her. She, I don't, uh, when you yes. sew for Christmas, so when you sew for Christmas, that was like your labor of love for us, that you would just do all of that mm-hmm. by yourself. Yes. 
Yes, oh. I would do that. Nana liked making, oh. she would make, remember she made all the little stockings and she made stockings for you all forever because she made stockings that could be used as ornaments for a Christmas tree. And so she would get not just that they would be small, but she would put money, after you all got older, she'd put money in it. And so she would have, and then she would print your name on it. So each person had a style of stocking with their name on it that Nana would make. And she would make those for every, uh, all the kids. Anybody that she gave a gift to, they would get a little Christmas stocking and it would have that person's name on it. And I think in my Christmas decorations now, I think I have, I know I've seen one that has Lisa's name on it. And so I don't know about the others, but I haven't seen, I didn't see the others. I don't know whether they got lost in the shuffle or what. I call Lisa's. I call. No, it. you don't. You can't call mine. It has my name on it. That's why my name is on it. <laughs> I call yeah. Lisa's. But I remember the best thing about it is that you all would make handmade gifts at school. And you would come in with these ornaments that you made out of. Macaroni? Construction, no, construction <laughs> paper. And I didn't think about, I kept them for years. Until, I kept them until they literally fell completely apart. It didn't dawn on me that I could have taken them somewhere and had them laminated. <laughs> it, it didn't cross my mind until uh, it was just gone. No, I, uh, Mama, you weren't thinking about them ornaments. Those ornaments were made out of macaroni and garbage. <laughs> like, no, I thought it, no, but I always kept She it. said she probably thought it's going to give us roaches. <laughs> exactly. No, but you all would make stuff, and then you would bring it. And I don't care how you had the tree decorated, you'd bring these ornaments that you made. <laughs> and they would be on the tree, wherever you, anything you made Gosh. for the tree. Went we, couldn't the tree. Ne- we couldn't have, we could never have no nice tree that was all thematic. I want to put my trash ornament from school up here, please. And yarn. Made out, yeah, whatever it made out of, it was made out of popsicle sticks and yarn. The yarn stars, remember the star? And, uh, <laughs> it looked like the Klan cross, but it was red and green. So we, we put it right yeah, on there. put it on there. Like, oh, you guys made. When are they going right to become more competent artists, Lord? Goodness gracious. Yeah. I remember the ornaments yeah. that, remember the ornaments with the fiberglass in them? And Lisa yes. made us put them on. Oh, yeah. And Lisa convince us to take it, take the fur out and put and them around, it on, put it on our ears oh, like earrings, and we would take a lot of credibility. Yeah, she lost a lot of credibility after that. Like, That's when I stopped listening to her. I, I said, she's evil. She is evil. She she is evil. Yeah. First of all, she, she didn't do it to herself. First of all, she only did it to us. Yeah. So, no. First of all, first of that. all, who would put fiberglass in a freaking Christmas ornament? They know how stupid kids <laughs> are. Yeah, but they said do not open. You're not supposed to take it out. Well, <laughs> I did. I totally uh, did. I, I had to stop. I stopped using. It used to be angel hair that you'd put over the tree because it would give the appearance of snow or something. And when the lights went through it, it would just reflect and make a real pretty colors and stuff like that. I had to stop using it because I said, God, these kids are going to be dead. or I'm going to have this big <laughs> medical bill. Because I would have to take them to the dermatologist and everywhere else. They, I just and I think finally, they, I think finally they stopped making it. Well, I'm sure because it was poisoning the children. That's terrible. 
I can also but tell he, you now, I was so imaginative, so I thought there was really fur in there. I can also say, in my defense, I also, I might as well just tell you this now, since it's too late to do anything about it. I think that you might, you bought, I had a dollhouse, and you bought me a gumball machine for the dollhouse, and I cracked yeah. it open to eat, I cracked it open to eat the gum, and it wasn't even gum, it was just like, I was so disappointed. I was like, they went down. Yeah. I really had yeah. a very vivid imagination, which is why I thought we were going to be having fur when it was actually fiberglass in those yeah. stupid ornaments. <laughs> they, yeah, and they used to give uh, like the the fiberglass, and it's hard now. I I used to buy ice, uh, like the silver icicles. I don't oh, even yeah. put any of that stuff on the tree anymore because number one, you can't find it, and it's just it's it's really pretty if you can find it. But I don't even think they make it anymore. Mm. But it was fun when it left while it lasted. You're listening to a special episode of the Stitch Please podcast, a Christmas kiki, where I'm talking with my mother and sisters, and we're just reminiscing over holidays, Christmas pasts. Up next, we will have a quick break and then return to the conversation with my family. Stay tuned. Stitch Please, the Black Women's Stitch podcast, talks a lot about sewing. But if you'd like to see some of what we're discussing, we invite you to follow us on the socials. On Facebook, you can find us at Stitch Please. And on Instagram, you can find us at Black Women's Stitch. On Instagram, you'll find a lot of great pictures and compelling social commentary. In addition, you can participate in a weekly live Instagram chat at 3 p.m. on Thursdays at Eastern Standard Time. So follow us on the socials, Facebook at Stitch Please, and Instagram at Black Women Stitch, and get your stitch together. Welcome back to the Stitch Please podcast, where we're having a special episode talking with my mother and my two younger sisters. I'm the oldest of three girls, and it's a great opportunity to have a conversation between the three of us and and our mother. And so up next, we're going to talk about this very creative alternative to a traditional gingerbread house that my mother invented for us. So here she is. And yeah. one of the things that I remember is that we, you all wanted to make gingerbread houses. And we would sit down and we'd make the gingerbread house. Well, you're supposed to, it's edible. You're supposed to be able to eat it afterwards. But the cookie, the base of it was so bad that nobody wanted to eat it. So I decided that instead of making a gingerbread house that nobody could eat or nobody wanted to eat, uh, I started making a candy house. And I'd do, I'd find, start with a box as a base, and then I'd do a cut the roof out of another cardboard box and put it together. And then I would fill it all in with different kinds of candy bars, Hershey bars, Snickers, things that are edible. And then if there were any empty, empty spaces, I would fill it in with uh, that royal icing. I, I loved royal I icing. I remember that. Yeah, yeah and we would fill that. it all in and... It was just, uh, and then it was pretty, and I would put it on a tray, and then I'd have all of the different kinds of candy bars, uh, miniature candy bars all around it, so that you could hopefully take it off of, not off the house itself, but off, off the tray. But most of the time, somebody would eat 
inevitably they would eat the <laughs> the, uh, the the ones off the walls and stuff. But I would take it off. The, that was me. I, I too pulled it right off the roof and would leave behind. It'd be like the the, the foil wrapper would be left behind, and I'd be like munching yeah. like crazy on the chocolate bar. Yeah. So I said. But why wouldn't you just get it right off the tray? The same thing was on the tray. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't, that, that wasn't appealing in the same way. I don't know. That didn't even dawn on me to get it from there. Huh. Yeah. Go nope. figure, you know. No, it did that, yeah. that did not occur to me either, that that would be a good but, place to get it from. I yeah, wanted to instead was, destroy the house. But mm-hmm. it was fun. It was fun. And so actually by the end of about three or four days after that you put the display out, the house looked... It'd be hit by a tornado. <laughs> yeah. It looked like a broke-down shack, but... Oh, my yeah. gosh. That was so funny. I remember you used to make those royal icing flowers because you did cakes, and you would make these yeah. flowers, mm-hmm. a bunch of flowers in advance, and then you would put them on the top of the chiffon robe or whatever in the in the, uh, um, and the dining room. Uh, and, yeah. and then and then also, since we're confessing now, I would I would eat them. Yeah, Me too. Because you go back, you go back, and you say, "Well, God, I spent hours," and I you come back and say, "Well, I should have had at least by now three hundred, and maybe you'd have forty or fifty, maybe." And I would spread them out so it looked like nobody took like I didn't. And they would climb all the bit. way up, and I would put them all the way on the top of the uh, the buffet, the uh, that uh, yeah. the, the china closet. You know where all the china is, mm-hmm. but it, mm-hmm. I, it didn't matter where you put them. Nope. When you got ready, for I said, it. I wait. Yeah. I said, I'm a- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. It was really fun. I'm about to fall. <laughs> I'm gonna fall on this chair and break my neck trying to get these flowers. <laughs> and everybody would have. You remember you'd have this different things that you wanted, and Brenda and I we would just go from one place to another to the different stores trying to find whatever the hell it was that you wanted at the time. Like, remember Baby Alive? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. That thing was gross. I think we had to go. <laughs> I love we mine. To to Miami. We had to go to Miami. I think Wally, Aunt Wally found them. So she got them, and then I had to go to Miami and get them and bring them back. And I would tell you, listen. They can, baby can only eat this special stuff. Well, <laughs> you don't know my baby that, mama like that. You don't know my baby yeah. alive like that. Yeah. This is so my baby. baby. I believe in her. After, after a while, the baby alive would smell like garbage. Like, I'm telling you, it stuck. And it was just gross. I mean, just, and you couldn't clean it. So, <laughs> you know, like you, I, I don't know. I said, boy, stuff would be coming and running out of the different crevices and stuff. <laughs> And well, what did you put in it? Part of the problem oh. was I ate some of the baby alive's food. And so she didn't have her special food. Because one of her special foods was this, you know how I hate bananas because they're disgusting, but I really like banana yeah. flavored things. And she had this banana flavored pudding. I ate all of it. And so she didn't have anything else to eat. And so I don't know what you I don't fed know what her, we fed her. But I don't know. It would be something like it would be, and it had to be like maybe something that had like a, a meat bait. I don't know what it was. <laughs> couldn't get it out. And then it would, uh, you had to wait for it to decay completely. And then when mm. it ran out, 
<laughs> no more baby alive. <laughs> but our baby alive was better than the new baby alive. The updated baby alive now has some kind of ridiculous, like marionette slot in the back, and you have to pump it up and down to get the baby to like chew. And our baby alive, mm-hmm. like it, it had some kind of motor. Remember, you motor would put in the bottle right. in his mouth, yeah. and you would put the, yeah. the spoon in, and, and it, it would like actually that. eat it, the it, food it, in. It was yeah, yeah. We really did enjoy those Baby Alive dolls. Another toy that we had that we had actually quite a few pitched battles over was the Easy Bake Oven. So stay tuned to hear about how the Easy Bake Oven played a role in our sibling conflicts. Stay tuned. And remember the Easy Bake Oven? Oh, yes. That's Sybil's toy. Sybil would make a four-layer cake and be like, y'all can't have that. Y'all can't have none. Yeah. Symbol, yeah, do you remember that? that? You remember that your easy bake oven, Symbol? I love that. I still love it. Who knew a light bulb could bake cakes? I, I, I've always <laughs> loved cakes and sweets, but I would bake those well, little cakes and I, it would take me, it would take me hours because I make like several layers and then put the little icing in between <laughs> and then I cut it and have the very little slices. And after all that work, y'all be like, I love sauce. No. I <laughs> confirm that you would make these elaborate cakes, four layers of a doggone cake, and we would come to ask for something. You'd be like, no, nah, fam, you got to get your own. <laughs> it was so small. Yeah. The pan was about three inches. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> I just remember the easy bake oven when you, if you didn't cook that stuff all the way and it would burn you. I was like, this is dangerous. <laughs> I'm not ever fooling with this thing. And didn't yeah, our so easy, the, yeah, didn't, the only person that did the easy bake oven thing was mostly was Sybil. She yeah. had the patience. She had to the sit patience there and wait to sit there and wait for the bulb to bake the cake. Yeah, I guess it did take a long time. I just wanted some cake because it would have like little bubbles in it, and I had to get it just right. And then you have to remember, Mama used to make wedding cakes, so she had a pretty discriminating standard. So I was like, I want to make my cakes like she makes hers. But it was much harder making my cakes <laughs> with a light bulb. <laughs> you know what I remember? We had this cleaning set that came with a broom and a dustpan and an iron. And I remember yeah. taking the iron and setting it on the light bulb to get it hot so I could iron the doll's clothes. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. Oh, okay. Mm-mm. Yeah. Now, uh, you guys did some strange, some funny <laughs> stuff. Strange, but remember. Funny. Mama, remember that time you made us the little dolls that you we were supposed to put our pajamas in, and it was, oh, yeah, Lisa yeah. still has hers. I still I wish have I mine. Had mine. Still, I know. Yeah, yeah. We would take that uh, was amazing. Yeah, because it was it would have the doll's head. Was it like Raggedy Ann? What hair. was it? Yeah, it was made out of uh, yarn. The face was just a regular face, but I think I must have bought those because I had somebody else, and then it had little legs to it. And then the back, it was like a pillow. The uh, body was a rectangle that had a slit in the back. And that's where you're told to put your pajamas. And then you just put it on the bed as, dec- you know, like a decorative pillar. Yeah, right. So, yeah, so we had those. Remember those dolls those I bought from somebody? And they, uh, they were scary. I bought them after. <gasps> they were like Raggedy Ann dolls. And the woman made them real. They were like. Long and skinny. The appendages were real. It looked like they were just freaky looking. What? But she, what? 
I, first of all, I, I have to say, already, I have I no memory of this at all. To do these, I paid them. I paid for them. You've already paid for them. What are you going to do? You brought them on home. And traumatize your children. They, they, weren't, they weren't a big hit. <laughs> oh. You know what I remember? And the doll, I remember, I remember the Cabbage Patch craze. And I remember our older cousin, Jeffrey, who was probably, what, three years older than Lisa, a yes, boy, so. a man, no less. And he had uh, a Cabbage Patch doll named, named Rufus. Rufus Leroy. Yes, Rufus and he had Leroy. a gold chain. And, and he had a gold chain. And mama, and mama used to make clothes for Rufus Leroy so that he could have, and I think Jeffy was like in high school. He was embarrassingly old, and he would have that doll everywhere. Yeah. yeah and he had a gold chain. I remember Rufus had a gold chain. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because chains were in. That was the big thing. Good old you Rufus. Chunkies. Big chunky. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> chunky chain. Yep. Good yeah, old that, Rufus. I had forgot about Rufus. Yeah, but we used to, I used to sew. I used to enjoy sewing. Like we always had Christmas dresses, some kind of Christmas dress. Either I would go to Miami and find them at Doris's after you guys grew, outgrew Polly Flanders. Remember Polly Flanders with the smocky? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so I had those forever. And then when you all got too big for Polly Flanders, even though it, they made it in a size 12, I didn't buy it. <laughs> yeah, I figured once you pass that age, like when you were like seven or six or something, you're cute in them, like up to about six or seven years old. But by the time you had to wear a size 12, you didn't need the smocking and what have you. So I would either <laughs> make you. a dress or I would go somewhere and buy one. And I always bought them just to remember that. Yes. I would buy them. Mm -hmm. And the only drawback to that is that Lisa would have, it would be three of them to start with. And then when Lisa outgrew hers, I'd pass it down. And so then Stephanie kept the same dress until you just got sick of looking at it because <laughs> it, just, it would just go on and on. Finally, I decided that that was not a good idea to buy three of the same thing because it just lasted way, way too long. <laughs> so then I would get different colors or something in the same dress or something very similar. But it was all fun, all fun. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if this is if I'm misremembering this, but I'm remembering we had gone to some type of Christmas pageant or some oh type my of thing. I carried them to what was it, the Nutcracker Ballet. This is really a dress-up affair, and I come and and I look around, and they've gone to the concession stand. They bought popcorn and crap. <laughs> I said I didn't even know the the concession stand would even be open. And so they're sitting there watching this formal ballet, eating popcorn and sponges <laughs> and all. And I'm saying, oh, my God. Was that during the phase when Stephanie would um, wear the popcorn bucket on her head after we all ate all the popcorn? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was that was. The, we would go. Oh, God. If I carried you all to the movies, we would go on on a Saturday afternoon or whatever. And. The people at the concession stand, they would go back. You all would just go back long before they would give refills. When they finished eating, they would go back up to the concession stand and say, <laughs> concession stand and say, we're finished with this. Can we have a little bit more, please? And they would, the people, they would just fill it up again. The kids, they would fill it up again and they would come back and we could clear a whole side of a movie theater. If they looked up and saw us sitting in a place, <laughs> we came in and sat down. 
we had people that would just get up automatically and move to the opposite side of the theater, the movie theater. And I said, and I knew why, because we talked out loud and because you always whisper, because whispering meant that you put your hand in front of your mouth. Well, act that way in public. I don't know. Like by the time you would, it was just easier to just let it go than to make a big production or a scene. Because Lisa was why? Well, why not? They sold this. You, of course, you were going to the restroom. You went to the you went to the bathroom. That's where you were supposed to be. But instead, you were at the concession stand buying crap. Yeah, that yeah, I remember that one at the Nutcracker. Oh uh, boy, oh boy, we were so refined from an early you age. Were. Yeah, just you elegant. Were. You were. Just an elegant little lady. You should have left your kids at home, Mama. Lisa and Sybil were awful. Awful, yeah. Especially Stephanie with my popcorn bucket hat. Yeah, because whenever you got enough popcorn... I remember doing more than having a hat with that bucket. Oh, no. Uh Uh-uh. But I know she wore it as a hat. As soon as she finished that, but she was full. She put it... When they saw her again... She'd be walking out the theater with the bucket over her head as her hat. <laughs> uh, God, I had forgotten about that. You all were some funny little people. Funny, funny, funny. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but I, and people would just come and just, uh, the whole, we'd have the whole section to ourselves. It was like a private, everybody private theater. Else, every. Yeah, everybody else would be on the opposite side or as far away from us as they possibly could get and still be in the movie. So we just would claim our seat. And even if we got even if we got there late, it didn't really matter. We'd get us a seat. And as soon as everything else would open up right after, you just come, you know, get there early and get your seat. But well, we didn't have to get there early because whatever seat that we took, we'd have that section to ourselves. Shortly thereafter. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was really, you oh guys were gosh. funny, though. That was funny, so funny, funny, funny. Yeah. Yeah, you all were oh. funny. You all were funny little people. Yeah. Funny little good. people. That was good. Well, y'all, I think I'm going to wrap up, but is there anything else you wanted to add? Any other last bit of Christmas cheer or Christmas advice or anything like that? So much has changed now with us being adults and having kids of our own. And now we're on the supply side of the Christmas trade. But you all have saved, you have traditions that we keep and you insist. We can't even have, I can't get an artificial tree with all the pretty lights already on it and stuff. But I get a tree. I have, oh, no. to, I, I have to get a live tree. And oh, I have to use snow. the same decorations. Yes. That is, I yeah. agree. And and the mess that it makes after. But it, it's things like that. I have ornaments yeah, that like, I've had for years and years that I have to bring out. So I have that. I think about, too, though, been, just being together. I mean, that to me, that's yeah. the biggest tradition. All these years later, we're we're talking about memories from 30, 40 years ago. But here we are 40 years in, and I don't think we've ever missed a Christmas together. Marriage, I mean, work, I mean, school, no matter what that thing was, where life has taken us all over the world, we Christmas is always together. 
it's always the four of us now with husbands and children and Christmas means together. And to me, it's that tradition that mama really instilled in us. Yeah, I think that's Yeah, well, it's all about family. Yeah, it's all about family. That's true. All about family. Not the gifts, not the presents. It's just being together and just family. I like presents as well. I want presents. I mean, what are you trying to lead into? I don't want any stuff. I want some stuff. Yeah, I don't want any more stuff. I got way too much stuff now. No problem. Being together, being just being together is enough for me. Okay. Enjoy, That's wonderful. I enjoy going. That is nice, the only Mama. About going to going to Charlottesville is that usually it's so cold, but yeah, it does the get cold. Camaraderie warm warms everything up. Yeah, that's the only true. thing I pray is God don't let it snow. I have icy rain. Either one of those are bad. Yeah, that's no good. <laughs> Yeah, but, but you know what that, I think about too, though. Perfect. I I I can't help but think too, like how your tradition spawned other traditions. A couple of years ago, I have a silver Christmas a, a, a picture from when we took a picture with Santa with our boys and Stephanie's um, son Devin had two friends come with him, and Stephanie bought matching sweatshirts. Remember, it was the Drake. Um, yes, yeah. Uh, hotline bling, hotline bling. Yeah, we that all was so cute. Had hotline bling sweatshirts on. So that Christmas. It, it reminded me of these three little girls on the piano all dressed alike, but it became hotline bling for everybody. So it was very contemporary pop culture, but it was still that tradition of and solidarity of, of looking alike. I just yeah. feel like mama planted yeah. that seed. I agree. Yeah. 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 So Christmas is great. I really enjoy it. I love being with family. I just love that. Even the cold, I'll win. I don't mind. I, I put up with the cold. I complain a lot because <laughs> it is some kind of cold. But I still love it, love it, love it. Love being together. I agree. Maybe we can move Christmas to maybe we can move Christmas to July, but mm-hmm. nobody has gone for my idea. Christmas in July might be have July weather. That's it's right. All good. Mm-hmm. It's still all good. It's all good. Well, thank you all again so much for taking the time out. And this has been a wonderful Christmas special episode featuring my mother and my sisters. And I am wishing, and we are wishing you the happiest of Christmas wishes for those who celebrate and happy holidays and happy days for everyone who doesn't celebrate. And we will see you on Stitch Please in the new year. Happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Thank you for listening to this Rewind episode of A Christmas Kiki from 2019 with my mother and sisters. We will be back next week with a great episode with Jen Hewitt, and we'll see you then. Happy holidays. You've been listening to the Stitch Please podcast, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. We appreciate you supporting us by listening to the podcast. If you'd like to reach out with, to us with questions, you can contact us at blackwomenstitch at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do that by supporting us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N 
And you can find Black Women Stitch there in the Patreon directory. And for as little as $2 a month, you can help support the project with things like editing, transcripts, and other things to strengthen the podcast. And finally, if financial support is not something you can do right now, you can really, really help the podcast by rating it and reviewing it anywhere you listen to podcasts that allows you to review them. So I know that not all podcast um, directories or services allow for reviews, but for those who do, for those that have a star rating or just ask for a few comments, if you could share those comments and say nice things about us at the Stitch Please podcast, that is incredibly helpful. Thank you so much. Come back next week and we'll help you get your stitch together.